if you don't show up for people, you're screwed. If you show up for people, but then you waste their time, you're screwed. If you show up for people and you add value, but you're a freaking diva that nobody wants to work with, you're screwed. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. I know you grabbed a ton of value from Lindsay's first episode on Monday where she talked about creating your minimum viable product. In today's deep dive, Lindsay has more marketing wisdom to drop today. So let's get started. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and I am joined today by the incredible, talented, incredibly intelligent superstar, Miss Lindsay Elmore. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, guys, you have no idea what tr a treat you're in for with Lindsay here today. We just had an opportunity. We just started geeking out on like all the things that we love in our individual lives. And I was like, wait, we have to record this. And so I was like, stop talking, stop being so awesome. I have to hit the record so that you guys can share and everything that she's bringing to the table today. So I want to take a second to introduce this incredible entrepreneur, and then I'm going to give her a chance to share how she got to where she is today, why she made the decisions that she made, how she's marketing her business Guys, this is going to be straight fire. So this is not just Lindsay Elmore. This is Dr. Lindsay Elmore. She's a pharmacist, natural wellness expert, vegan cook, yogi, podcast host, and business strategy coach. She translates complicated science into understandable stories and travels the world, hopefully more next year than this year, right? Yes, we're, we're all ready for it. We're ready. I love it. Travels the world educating audiences about natural wellness. Dr. Elmore has spoken to audiences in five continents, guys, and in more than 35 countries. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming. I'm so excited for our audience to glean from you and learn about you and support you in everything that you're doing. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to chat and just, you know, share the, the bumps and the bruises and the ups and the downs and all the things that it is to be an entrepreneur and be in business by yourself, you know? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Well, and that is our audience. I think the majority of the people that listen to the marketing matrix are solopreneurs and, or have very small teams. And so we are just so excited to, uh, to hear about your journey and your experience. Well, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, everybody goes on their own, their own path. And so I think for everybody listening, who's just starting out, just know that you have what it takes. You just have to keep working at it, you know? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, if there's one thing I've learned since I've been in business, it is that those that win are those that stick with it. Like, yeah, yeah you got to be smart, but those that are consistent and stay in the game, they're going to get to a point where they can learn enough and figure it out. You have to love what you do. It's, it's like Angela Duckworth says, it's grit. It's the combination of passion and perseverance. So if you have the passion for what you're doing and then you have the stick to itness of the perseverance to overcome the hard stuff. And I also have realized that perseverance is not just like, oh my gosh, I just got smacked in the face by this thing I was not expecting. No, it's the perseverance to be like, okay, it's finance Friday. Once again, we're running payroll. We're looking at PL sheets. We're so I, you know, I I stack up a lot of tasks that I don't like all together. And it's just like, well, today's the day of crap and you have to do it, you know? And it's just that moment of saying, okay. Well, I am going to persevere through this because I believe in what I'm putting out there into the world enough to show up for myself. Mm -hmm. Yes, I could not agree more. You know, it's something that I always talk about that people get into entrepreneurship because they're passionate about their thing, whatever that is. But what they don't realize is that by jumping into that world, they're putting on so many hats that they didn't bargain for, that they're not educated for. And then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, if, if my dream is actually going to become a reality, I've got to figure out these other hats. You know, we have those, oh shoot, I'm a CEO moments. Oh, oh shoot. I'm the CEO, the HR director, the finance director, the marketing VP, the sales director. For me, I'm also the chief content officer, the on-screen talent, the producer. And then, you know, this, this year has thrown everybody for a loop. So now I'm also like the data engineer, the um, content movement person who has to make sure that the editors have what they need, that the sound engineer has what they need. You have to give really specific instructions for the people that you're working around, because if you don't tell people what to do, it doesn't get done like you want it. And then it's like, okay, well, crap, here we are again, back to square one. Let's try this procedure again. And it just, it wastes time. But yeah, you have to realize that you're all of those things. And, you know, for someone like me who has an extremely diverse background and has a lot of different things to share about my experience in the world, you know, I still grapple with those really big existential issues. Like what is the 350 page book that defines my perception of what life is or what is my, what is my master work that says, here's my take on business that's unlike anything you've ever read before. And in the, in the midst of all that, you're still trying to live like a healthy, well life where you're trying to care for your own body. Many people out there are listening and saying like, yeah, and I have kids or I have unruly teenagers or I have a kid in college who I'm trying to help support. And so 
our priorities get very muddled. And that is why I think it's so important to know your core values, know your core vision, know what you're driving towards and learn the amazing art of saying no to all the things that don't fit into that equation. Oh my gosh. I could not agree with you more. And I, I just, I just want to take a second to recognize the wisdom that is being dropped here of a woman who is put in her time and her energy and her effort to even get to a point to be able to ask some of the questions that she just floated. So Lindsay, take us, take us back in time and time a bit. How did you, how did you get here where you've gotten to a point where you're learning to ask those questions and that those are the types of things that you're tackling in your life and in your business? Like where did this all begin for you? So I was always a natural teacher and I loved teaching even as a child. I loved playing school. I loved instruction. You know, if, if there was a talent show, you better believe that I was the choreographer who was teaching the, um, who was teaching the, the dance lesson to everybody else. So I loved teaching and I also loved being on stage. I loved performance, dance, acting, singing, all of it. So I decided I wanted to pursue acting and my mom was like, no, you're going to get a real job. Um, she just did not want me to have to go through those challenging times, those ups and downs, all of it that it takes to be a working actor. And so I decided to go to school. I knew a lot about science. I'd always had a proclivity for science. And so I go to undergraduate and I get my bachelor's in chemistry. And from there, I thought I was going to go to medical school. I wanted to be an OBGYN and my mom was a nurse and she was around surgeons. So she was an outpatient nurse. She was there for surgical follow-up, but because she was around surgeons, she understood the workload of a surgeon, which in today's modern America, an OBGYN is effectively part surgeon. And so my mom was like, do you, do you really want to be working on somebody else's schedule doing? She's like, you hate getting up in the morning lens. Like, do you really want to have to be at work at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning? And I was like, I do. I definitely, definitely do. And then I started studying for the entrance exam to medical school. And I was like, ew, I don't, I do not want to do this test in any way, shape or form. And so I was like, okay, I'll get a PhD in chemistry. And thankfully I was working in a lab where I was working with some women who had PhDs in chemistry and they were like, don't get a PhD in chemistry. They're like, it is not your personality. You are not going to love it. And I'm like, well, crap, all of my life plans to this point have been shot down. And so I say, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'd always wanted a doctorate. I always did. I don't know what it was. I think it was because there were no women in my family that had one. You know, my mom in my immediate family was the most highly educated person in my entire family lineage. And so I just said, I really want to get a doctorate. And so 
one day someone walks into the lab, uh, one of the women that had told me don't get a PhD in chemistry. And she says, I know what you should do. You should be a pharmacist. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. So for me, I was like, how do I go as far away from home as possible as I pursue this doctorate? So I was living in Alabama where I was born and raised and I applied to two schools, both in California, got into one of them, moved to San Francisco, went to pharmacy school, excelled in pharmacy school. From there, I did two years of postdoctoral education. So I did one year in inpatient internal medicine and the next year was in family medicine, which was great because it was birth to death. I got to be there when babies were born. So I kind of got a taste of what it was like to be an OBGYN and realized that, you know, I loved being a pharmacist. I absolutely did. But there was something kind of aching inside of me that was looking for something different. So I, I accepted my first job as an academician. And so I was a professor of pharmacy and was also a residency program director. And I became increasingly frustrated with the setup of pharmacy practice in the United States and the setup of the medical system, because I realized through a series of all of my own problems that I faced. I tore my ACL when I was in pharmacy school, which led me to the chiropractor's office, which led me to the acupuncture's office, which led me to an integrative health seminar where I met a shaman for the first time, which led me to start learning about herbs, which led me to this, to that, to that, da, 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 da. So I, I struggled because I realized there are really ancient healing modalities that put a significant emphasis on the prevention of disease. And that's not what I'm practicing in. That's not what I'm doing every day. And I think a lot of pharmacists have had these emotions of if these pills worked, why are the same people walking through my door day after day after day. So essential oils came into my life and it sounds like the most ridiculous, just woo woo crap, but I'm telling you, I sat in my living room floor and I smelled the essential oils and I just thought these are going to change my life. Like something has changed dramatically in me. The next day, I purchased three books about the chemistry of essential oils, started researching them, and really started realizing that there was a lot of cray-cray stuff on the internet about essential oils, and I did not want to be crazy. I actually wanted to talk about essential oils as if they were natural chemical constituents that interacted with the body in very precise and meaningful ways. And so I started teaching online about essential oils and people went crazy, got the attention of a multi-billion dollar essential oil company. I ended up going to work for them for a couple of years as their um, lead of education the social media following starts building because I'm adding value to people's lives. I'm not just showing up and saying, you know, Hey guys, I'm Lynn's. Do you, do you want to follow me on social media? No, I would show up and be like, Hey, my name is Dr. Lindsay Elmore. Let me teach you about safety of essential oils in pregnancy or safety of essential oils around your children. Or can you use this essential oil while you're on this blood pressure medicine? 
that then snowballed into, can you teach me about supplements? Can you teach me about um, different fasts and different diets and different cleanses? That led me to begin teaching at yoga seminars. And they would say, and I had some basic yoga training, like a, just a 50 hour certificate in yoga but I'd be in a room of like 600 people and they'd be like, Lindsay, teach yoga. And that led me to believe that led me to the understanding. I don't know enough to keep these people safe. So I did my yoga training. And then I realized that people have a lot of emotional trauma that holds them back. And so I did emotional release trainings and, you know, just one thing after the next, I just kept building my knowledge base and always going back to what does my company do as a core product offering. We're an education company. I'll teach you about anything. What do you want to learn? I will teach you about it and I will find diverse and meaningful ways to provide that education across different platforms. Okay. This is, this is so fascinating. Okay. So I have, I have, I have a couple questions as, as I'm listening to you unfold your history. So one, it sounds like you are just, you have an insatiable curiosity. I, I love, so, so I love curiosity. So if you like look at all of my personality stuff, I'm an, I, I, I'm an Enneagram type eight. So I'm the challenger. So like you put the status quo in front of me and I'm like, how do I challenge that? And I also just have this real urge in me for people to take ownership of their own health and wellness. And whatever that looks like to them, I'm like, stop outsourcing your health. And so because I have been out there for so long, just telling people like, you gotta own this, you gotta own this. People come to me with like, well, I have this rare disease that you've never heard of. I read this one study that says that, you know, turmeric is going to be the thing that opens the doors and cha changes my life. What do you think? Well, I take my oath as a pharmacist very seriously. And that means that I have to make sure that that person is safe and well taken care of and that I offer them excellent advice. And so it was just a matter of people know me, they like me and they trust me. And that trust is something that I hold very sacred um, because that not only leads them to ask me very difficult questions, but the know me, you know, the know me, like me, trust me is the only way you make sales as well. And so if I can, if I can sell something that helps somebody to empower their life's journey towards health and wellness, that's like the greatest blessing of all. So yeah, I love expanding my knowledge and I also love giving myself my own personal challenges. So, you know, I have a vegan cooking brand that I encourage people to do 21 day cleanses. And here I am, I was like, well, how do I make it tougher? So here I am today on day 32 of a cleanse. And like, how do I do this differently? How do I, how do I keep pushing myself? Because that that push helps me to peel back those onion layers and to really get at who I authentically am. Mm. I love, I love the, the, the universal truth in that. Okay. So my second observation about your story is, so you, as you shared your progression, I mean, you're, 
you know those posters where people are like, we want success to be a straight line, but what success really is, and it's this, you know, serpentiny road with a bunch of dead ends and all this stuff. And, and I, I almost like to think about like, if you're committed to success, like, and if you're at, and you're trying to get from point A to point B, it's like water, water will always find a way to the bottom of the mountain. Like mm -hmm. no matter how many places it has to stop or things it runs up against, it will always find its way down to the bottom of the mountain. And I feel like your journey is like, you know, it, it took a turn and then it took a turn and you said like, I was led here and then I was led there. Like when you were in the middle of it, was it, um, like how much of it was just like, well, this is, this is fun and interesting. I'm going to trust this. And how much of it was it like you were having this, an existential crisis that you're like, what am I doing with my life? Like I keep uprooting what I've been working for. I mean, listen, y'all, because, because I am a challenger, I am a very red, fiery personality. I am, you know, in Ayurveda, I'm the PETA. I'm the, all the things. I've basically been fired from every job I've ever had. Like I was innately built to be a CEO because no one else was ready for this jelly. And so I have realized that the times where you feel like you're at your most low, your most lost in the woods, there are a group of people that just say, I just need to look for a job. You know, I just need to go back and look for a job. And then there are other people that go, I don't know how to build a website, but I'm going to sit here and watch YouTube videos about WordPress plugins. And then I'm going to fuss with it and I'm going to fight with it. And it's going to be a challenge and I'm going to figure it out. So no, no, this was not, this was not one of those times that I, that, you know, all the times where you face those challenges was not those triumphant moments of, it doesn't matter. I will be at the top of the mountain tomorrow. No, I remember when I started my subscription service on what was originally the pharmacistalabama.com and then moved to lindsayelmore.com and now is on a site called wildedclub.com. I remember when I started that, I, I remember I was, I, I was like, okay, I just, I need to make this list of all these videos because I'm making the subscription website and I'm going to do this thing and da, da, da. And I sat with my hands like over my computer and I was just frozen. And I was frozen, I was frozen, I was frozen. And then I just like burst into tears. And I, I remember sitting in my living room floor, just like rocking and just being like, okay, what am I doing here? I can't believe that I'm doing this. What am I doing here? And then I stopped and I got control of myself. And I just thought, all you're doing is making one spreadsheet right now. Like, don't worry about what happens next. The only thing you have to do right now is make this spreadsheet. And I did. And then we shot the videos that were on that spreadsheet. And since then, we've shot hundreds of more videos and now have thousands of prescribers on the website. And it all just perpetuates itself. You know, if you're, 
if you're not doing better work tomorrow than you did today, and if you don't look back on the work that you did three years ago and just be like, oh, that was cute when I did that, then you're not working hard enough. You're not growing. You're not pushing yourself. But being an entrepreneur is the balance between like being scared out of your mind 50% of the time and being like, I will conquer the world the other 50% of the time. And it's the people that can find the work in the middle of that balance of fear and exaltation. If you can be there every day and grind out the work in the middle of all of those emotions, eventually you get to a point where, you know, now I, I don't worry as much about finances. I don't have to, I have to worry about how do I expand finances so I can bring another employee on, but I'm not worried about my company going under any more. And so your problems just, you know, it's, it's mo money, more problems, but when you have mo money, how do you use your mo money to do bigger and better and more empowering things and things that change people's lives and how do you give back to what's given to you? And so if you can approach your problems as the opportunities that set you up for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, then you're built to be an entrepreneur. If you see problems as oh, I don't know if I can do that. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, on LinkedIn looking at job postings. That's cool. That's who you are. Just realize that you're going to be one of those people that's saving in a 401k and is doing these things. And that's, that's great. That's amazing. But if you're willing to fight through the fear and to continually gain new skill sets and to continually push yourself to be creative when your business stagnates, you're on the right path and good. You're an entrepreneur. Keep going. It, it's not easy, but you can do it. Just keep it up because no one will believe in your thing. Like you believe in your thing, whatever that thing is, no one will believe in it like you do. And so why would you, why would you give that opportunity away? Be there for yourself and allow your dreams to just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, I love this so much, guys. This is straight up gold. I'm sure if anyone is driving, listening to the podcast now, they're like, pulling over and taking notes. If they're cooking, they're just letting their food burn while they're <laughs> stopping and taking notes. And, oh, this is just so great, Lindsay. I, Thank you. I love your, um, your intentional and authentic approach to, you. to, to this, your life experience. It's, it's just awesome. So let's dive into your business a little bit. So, I mean, this is, this is the marketing matrix. So we're going to dive into the marketing of, of what's going on in your business. So you said, we, I am an educator through and through. I, and this is, I, my business is an education business, an educational platform. So, but your, your traditional training in academia is not a, you didn't get training on monetization. I mean, you learned that you needed to pay for education because you went you got multiple degrees and all that stuff, but 
how how did you conceptualize this educational business and then bring in that okay this is how i'm also going to monetize it to support my family and support my team and use this to impact more people like how did that happen where you went just from like educating to oh my gosh i can monetize this that's really kind that you think I put that much thought behind it because as with many entrepreneurs, we just kind of end up here. You know, a lot of us don't like, you know, it wasn't like I was out there looking for venture capitalists to make initial, you know, hundred thousand dollar investments in my website and things, but I was already set up for success. And many of you listening don't realize that you're already set up for success, but here is how I was set up for success. I was a very early adopter of Facebook Live. I was doing Facebook Lives before people even had a clue what a Facebook Live was. And people went crazy over my Facebook Lives. They loved them. And so I showed up every Monday for three years, 5 p.m., I went live on Facebook and I taught people things that mattered to them. I taught people things that mattered to them. So when I got the bright idea of, oh, I know what I should do. I should sell a course on my website. That sounds like a great idea. How do I do that? So I buy a camera and I shoot the I shoot the content and I, you know, do the editing. Thank God I took that documentary filmmaking class back in college for some random reason. So I knew how to, I knew a little bit about, um, uh, oh, I can't even remember the name of the software, but I knew a little bit about editing softwares. And so I was able to put together these videos and I sold them and my very first day in business was a five figure day. I'm not going to lie to you. Like it was just one of those things where I was like, well, that went really well. And then I realized not only do people want this uh -huh. because I've spent the time crafting and building and refining that audience for years and years and years, they're willing to pay for it. They trust mm -hmm. me enough to pay for it. Another thing is I was extraordinarily personal with my social media audience. A lot of people think social media just happens. Uh-uh. Still to this day, if any of your listeners send me a message on Instagram, you're talking directly to me. You are talking directly to me. Still to this day, I write every single caption on Lindsay Elmore's Instagram, on Facebook, all the things. Some of my other brands like Clean Slate Cleanse and Brand Strategies Lab, we have some, some copywriters that help us. But still, if you are engaging with the personal brand of Lindsay Elmore, you are actually engaging with me um, on, on Instagram, at least. Facebook is a whole nother monster. But I just realized that people really were hungry for what I could offer them. So mm -hmm. then it just became, okay, well, how do I feed more people? What do I do? And so I had no shame about saying like, Hey, you've been a follower for like three years. Will you join me on a zoom call and tell me what you think of my business? You know, I got so much feedback from my audience. Some of it was great. Others were not, but 
And I'm still working towards ultimately what they have asked me for, because for years I've been trying to figure out how do you tie together Lindsay Elmore, who can teach you about essential oils, about supplements, about yoga, about business strategy, about clean eating, about cooking. Like, how does all of that become one thing? And that is what people for years have been saying is they're like, I want one place where I can pay this one fee where I can buy everything. They want like a master level pass. And that is something I'm still working on. That is something I'm still ideating. That is something I'm still there trying to figure out. And my social media manager, even this morning, she's like, Hey, people over after I didn't Instagram live yesterday about the cleanse that I'm on. And she's like, Hey, people are asking you to do a cleanse again. Do you mind doing it? And I was like, no, it's actually pretty easy. You know, the videos are shot. We just plug and play, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, she's like, but we need to get new stuff for the people who've done it in the past. And I, it's one of those things you have so much in your business that you want to do that you're like, I know that needs to be done. I know it needs to be done, but we're working on this other thing right now. We've got the, and so it's a matter of choosing and always remaining very, very humble. I don't claim to know everything that I'm doing here. And I, I intentionally go out of my way since I am a very dominant personality and a very, I'm, you know, I'm a force of nature as are all of you, but I just tend to be a more dominant gale wind than a gentle breeze. So I intentionally stop myself and have team meetings every week. What are you working on? How's that going? What support do you need? How is that going? And I also have to stop myself in team meetings if I hear someone kind of in the corner be like, eh, and I have to make sure that I'm like, okay, hey, wait, did you, did you want to add something? And so really getting feedback from the people that are closest to you and really keeping an eye on your audience and what they need. Because the only reason people buy things from you is because you solve problems for them. You know, so if I can just continually get feedback from my employees and from my, from my audience, from my subscribers, for sure, about how do I continually give you more of things that you need that solve problems for you, that's, that's, that's really, that puts me in the position that I can continually expand. Absolutely. Okay. Guys, if you're listening to this, I want to pull out a couple marketing truths that Lindsay has talked about that, that I'm, sh I'm sure you're catching on to, but I just want to reiterate. I want to, I want to reiterate those things. There's a phrase that you've said, Lindsay, at least I've counted four times so far in the podcast. You have said, I show up and give value for what they want. Show up, add value, no drama. Normally it's like my marching orders. I have a poster that hangs on my wall that says that if you don't, show up for people, you're screwed. If you show up for people, but then you waste their time, you're screwed. If you show up for people and you add value, but you're a freaking diva that nobody wants to work with, you're screwed. So show up, add value, and don't be drama to anybody. You know, just don't, don't let the bumps and bruises that are going to happen to you along the way mar your attitude. And mm -hmm. 
And, you know, showing up and add value and not giving drama does not mean you're a pushover. Just yesterday, um, I had to say no to someone. Somebody came to me, they gave me a pitch and they said, here's what we're pitching. We think this is about a hundred thousand dollar deal for you. And I said, okay, let me think about it. Give me a couple days. That's one thing. If you struggle to say no, always ask for a couple of days. Just tell, just, and, and, and if they say, nope, I got to have an answer right now. Then you say, I'm sorry, I'm not prepared to provide an answer right now. You don't even have to say no. And so I get this pitch and they say, we think this is going to be worth about a hundred thousand dollars to you. Well, I want a hundred thousand dollars. That sounds great. I could hire a new employee with a hundred thousand dollars, but I took a step back and I thought, do I actually have time for this? Do I actually have the drive and the commitment to put towards the project what it actually deserves? And I came back and I just said, you know, with everything that is going on right now, I am concerned that I don't have the time and the mental fortitude to give this project the time that it needs to make it successful. And that was it. You don't even have to say the word no. And so I, yes, you don't have to be mean to not, to show up, add value and, and not add and, and not um, give drama, but you do have to know what your audience wants and if you don't know what your audience wants, I want you to go on Instagram story right now and just be like, hey guys, if I were to show up here every day for you for like the next week, what could I teach you? What could I share with you? Are there projects, you know, I don't care what your brand is. You know, if you're a mommy blogger who braids your kid's hair, what are three braids that you've never been able to do with your kid's hair? Do you struggle with your kid's hair because it's too thin or too coarse or, you know, it's too curly? Like, how can I help you with those things? Your audience will tell you what they want from you. And every so often, I, I may do that today. That sounds like a great idea. I like my idea right there. And so show up for your audience and just ask them, what do you need? What do you need? And right now is a time when a lot of people need a lot of things. And so show up for people, find out what they need, and then give them that value. Oh, so great. So I love that. And it leads into my second observation and that's, and you, and you just talked about it again, is that you have to get feedback from your audience. So I run a Facebook advertising agency and one of, one of the biggest mis misconceptions with Facebook ads is that entrepreneurs think that they can run ads and then like, it's just magically, they're going to make money. And it is so much more than that. And one of the things that I tell people is like, if our message is with the ads is not hitting exactly the way that we want it to. I say, okay, have you reached out to the people that commented on your ad that shared your ad? Have you reached out to the people that opted into your landing page? Have you reached out to the people that bought your product to find out why? Have you reached out to the people that made it to the order form, but didn't buy your product and find out why? And literally like 10 times out of 10, I, I literally have not had someone yet that says, yes, they say, no, why would I do that? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you're, you're paying to get people's attention, but it's not happening exactly right. We have to talk to them. Mm -hmm. We have to talk to them. And so I love how you have, your whole business has evolved and morphed because 
you are focused on getting feedback. I love that the word, the word you use multiple times. You're getting feedback from them about what they need, what they want, what their pain points are. And you're, yeah. you're proactive. I, I would say you're proactively reacting to yeah. what they are saying. Oh, I mean, you, you have to. And here's the other thing, like, I have, I, I have business clients that come in to do brand strategies lab that that's sort of our entry level training, but then we have some high dollar clients that come in and a lot of them come in and they say, I'm ready to run Facebook ads and I'm ready to do it. Let's run some Facebook ads. I've got this amazing program. It's going to change people's lives. Let's run some ads. I'm sorry, if your ad drives to a crappy landing page that has a crappy email experience associated with it, that has terrible graphics that don't speak to the audience, that is, if your product, one of the things, oh my God, one of the things I cannot stand with business coaches, with We tripped a wire, we tripped a wire, warning, warning, warning. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, listen, if you're, whole marketing scheme is about you, you're screwed, friends. Listen, if you're telling the story of Aladdin and you are trying to be Aladdin, you're screwed. You know what people scrolling through Facebook are looking for? They're looking for genie to transform their life. So a lot of these, um, a lot of the people I work with, they bring these websites to me and they're like, I think I want my website to look like this. And the whole website is just one photo after another. Here's a guy on a private beach. Here's that same guy on a private jet. Here's another guy and he's in a limo. Like, who are you talking to that is like, I know what I need, this $75 course to help me get on my private jet. No, you know what people want? freaking real life. They want, you know, I, I think about the, in my opinion, the most successful Facebook and Instagram marketing campaign that went with a product launch that I have seen in the past year. Even I bought their product and I have no reason to tell you this other than their products are awesome and you need them in your life too. You look at Lunia pajamas. Lunia pajamas must have spent tens of thousands of dollars on their ad spend when they launched their product. But when I saw those ads and it was like washable silk pajamas that give you the best sleep ever, I was like, sign me up. Where do I get the washable silk pajamas that are going to give me the best sleep ever? Do they make sheets to go with it? So If you're looking to run ads, number one, you better know who you're talking to. Because if you don't know who you're talking to, then your marketing messages are going to fall flat on their face. Number two, if you're running ads against a cold audience, if you're a business coach and you've got a $2,000 business coaching program and you put your pretty face in front of people who ain't never seen you before and they're like, I am not paying this person $2,000. Why the heck would I do that? The people that I work with that I'm like, hey, you seem like the perfect person to be in my business coaching program. Two of the people right now that I'm working on 
I've known for five years, you know, and for five years, they've called me and said, can I ask you this question about my website? Can I ask you this question about this thing? Can I ask, hey, now's the moment. Come and, come and do my coaching program with me. Just yesterday, somebody came to me and they asked me, Lindsay, will you help me redo my website, redo my marketing? Yeah. I, and I said, yeah. And I put a proposal in front of them and they came back to me and they said it's too expensive. And I was like, okay, great. Then I'm not the person to work with because I know what things cost. Don't be that marketing coach that tells people that things are going to cost $2,000 when you know that they're going to cost 20. Like, don't be that person because you know what? That's drama. That's drama you are adding to someone's life. Well, fast forward two months, here comes that same person back. They've gotten another proposal from another company and they say, will you just take a look at this and let me know if you think it's worth it? And I go back to them and I say, listen, what you've been offered is a $30,000 proposal. How can I give you more value than what's in this proposal for that same price point? Let's work on that. Let's work from that perspective. And so if you get... It's like Gary V says in jab, 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 right hook. You have to give, 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 and then give and give and give and give some more before you ask anyone to spend a dollar on you. You know, some of you are going to listen to this today and I'll say it. Hey guys, I'd love for you to come and listen to my podcast. I'd even love more for you to rate and review and subscribe to my podcast and share it with your friends. Some of you are going to hear that and be like, I want to listen to Lindsay Elmore's podcast. That sounds awesome. Some of you are going to hear that and go, I barely know you. Why would I, why would I do that? But that's okay because something somewhere a year down the line, you may just remember it was that time I was listening to that, mar that marketing matrix podcast and Liz Sam was talking to this chick and she was talking about not adding drama to people's lives. I got to go back and listen to that. And all of a sudden here I am back again. So you just keep planting seeds and always respect the no. If people tell you no, the only thing you say to them is thank you, is say thank you. I'm working with a group right now and bless, bless their little hearts. They just got their first ever angry customer complaint and I feel it. You know, if you're out there, if you're putting your heart and soul out there, you get that first angry customer complaint or that first one star review on Facebook. Good load. Never say anything bad about cats on Facebook because it's going to get you about six one star reviews in one day and you are going to feel like the world is burning down around you. Not saying that happened to me, but that completely happened to me. And I'm working with this group right now and they got their first ever angry customer email. And I was like, well, how'd you handle it? And they send me like this thousand word response of like trying to convince her that the company is right and you are, and, and you're wrong is the opposite side of that. And I was like, the only thing you should have told this woman is we are so sorry. Can we hop on a call for you to tell us how to make this product better? Like you are a baby company. You've done like 15 sales total or 1500 sales total. And you've gotten one complaint. Boo freaking who is you? The only thing you should say to that woman is 
teach us how to make this a better experience for you. What can we do differently next time? Hey, you know, we're having a focus group in three weeks and we need, we need your opinion. Will you join a link arms with that person? Because here's the thing. She may be pissed. You may have to refund her, her 30 bucks or whatever she spent on you, but you've still got her email address in your email system. And she is still agreeing to let you provide her with emails to let her know like what your upcoming sales are, all those things. Unless you want her to also unsubscribe from your emails, you better not be sending them angry messages about why you're right. Give it up, give it up. And that's not to say don't have boundaries. There's no reason to take abuse. And trust me, as a, uh, as a health and wellness and natural wellness advocate in spring and summer of 2020, I've taken my fair share of crap this year. But all I can do is meet those people with kindness and also just ignore it sometimes. Sometimes you just turn it off. If I say something, right now is a moment where if I say something that someone completely disagrees with, for some reason we all feel the need to, to come back to that person and be like, I completely disagree with you and I'm going to tell you in a very angry rant. Okay, you, you, just, you just say, I see you, I hear you, your message has value. And I am so grateful that we had this moment where we could express differing opinions. And some people are, some people are so funny, you know, they're just like, we well, are full of crap. You didn't actually hear me. And I'm like, well, I responded to you personally and I gave you time and I gave you input. So I just try to show up and be really kind for one another. And as, as a brilliant guest on, on my podcast, Dr. Kathy Groover taught me just last week, she said, every time something bad happens to you, and I think this is applicable for life, it's applicable for business, it's applicable for your spouse, your children, your everything. Anytime something happens, ask yourself, is this worth my fight or flight response? Is this worth getting all up in arms and getting all worked up about, or is this something I can just let go? And can I greet this with, with more kindness and more love? And so the more that you can do that and the more that you can realize that the bigger your audience gets, the more brand advocates you will have, the more brand zealots that you have. But if you have brand advocates and brand zealots, guess what? you also have brand pagans, people that hate you and will always hate you no matter what. I will never convince someone to try castor oil packs and coffee enemas and a total plant-based diet if they believe that their 150 units of insulin a day plus their 15 medications plus their weekly journey to the, the doctor's office and, oh, it's time for another cath, they're not my audience and that's okay. That's okay. They don't have to be. So realize that brand pagans come, come with the territory and you should have brand pagans because if you don't, you're not, you're not sharing your message effectively enough. If you don't have haters, you don't have believers. 
Oh man, that is seriously so awesome. Oh, so good. This is all so good. I, I cannot wait to go back and listen to this, to this podcast. Okay. So Lindsay, I've got, I've got one more question for you. And I always end with this question and it's what has been the greatest internal transformation that has occurred for you on your journey? Oh, it, it almost brings, it almost brings tears to my eyes. So I'm going to take a deep breath and I will say the greatest transformation that I've been through on my journey is overcoming all of the emotional trauma that you go through as a three-year-old, as a five-year-old, as a seven-year-old, as a 12-year-old, as a 15-year-old, getting past those hurts that you have as a child. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I have a little bit of sunshine and roses, you know, I have not been through what a lot of women have been through. I, I, but I still went through my own share of things. So moving past those traumas is critically important. And then also for me, I remember very distinctly when I was 28 years old, pacing in my backyard on the phone with my mother, telling her the time that you have had to tell me who I am, who I will become, and what gives me satisfaction and value and worth in my life the time of you dictating those things is over. I am going to be in charge of my own life. Mom, I love you. I respect you. I hope that you understanding that you do not have governance over what gives me fulfillment and what I think is ethical and moral and I, and, and what my own interpretation of spirituality and the universe, like all the things. I said, I am my own person, and I hope this gives you the understanding that when I come to you and ask for your opinion, it's because I genuinely desire your counsel as my mother. And that was a huge pivot in my life to just say, I have to live my life. So casting off the trauma of childhood, realizing that I can be my own person and that by being my own person, I don't have to be in cycles of traumatic relationships and bad boyfriends who don't value you and, and bad cycles of eating and bulimia and all the things. Those were the two most powerful things for me. Mm. That is so real and raw. I, I really honor you for Thank being you. open and willing to share that. I appreciate that so much. Oh man, it has been seriously just buckets and buckets of gold to be with you today. Um, how can people follow you, be introduced to you, understand your journey, get access to all of the brilliance that Dr. Lindsay Elmore is? 
Oh, well, you can head over to lindsayelmore.com. You can also follow me at Lindsay Elmore, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E on Facebook and on Instagram and on Pinterest. It is doctor, that's D-R, Lindsay Elmore. And from lindsayelmore.com, you can navigate to my yoga brand, my vegan cooking brand. You can learn more about my business coaching and all of the things. Oh, I love it. Well, and guys, she also just recently released her brand strategies lab. So if you've really resonated with so many of the truths that Lindsay has shared today, then that is a new offering that she's giving her people. And then in the marketing matrix toolbox, she's giving us an incredible resource guys. It's called the powerful choice, a seven step guide to making decisions that honor your inner voice, optimize your health and serve your higher purpose. And if there is any way that Lindsay has led by example today, it is that she has shared her inner voice with us on the marketing matrix. And so I cannot wait to dive into that. And I'm sure that you cannot wait to dive into that either. So Lindsay, thank you so much for sharing your heart, sharing your mind um, and sharing your experience with us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning into the Marketing Matrix podcast today. As always, guys, I know this episode was beneficial for you, and I hope you can think of a friend or business associate who would benefit also. Please go ahead and share the episode with them. Tune in next time to hear from some amazing friends of mine, the Biz Bros, Louis and Fonzie Cameo. We're so excited to have them on. And as always, remember that you are invited to join our marketing conversations in my free Facebook group called Facebook Ads for Coaches, Course Creators, and Lifestyle Ecom Brands. To hop in with other amazing business owners who are mastering the ad game to scale their business, go to www.facebook.com slash group slash FB ad ninja. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.